welcome to the Pleasurable Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rose, and business success and mindset coach, speaker, corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, and the host of the Embodied Coach Masterclass. And I am on a mission to inspire as many people as I possibly can to step into their power, recognize their unconditional worthiness, and ultimately build a life they are absolutely obsessed with. And through this podcast, I will be spreading my message along with some powerful guest speakers, and we will be talking all things business strategy, mindset, manifesting, and of course, making your success a pleasure-filled experience. So join us in making our reality exceed our wildest dreams. loves okay so we're doing a solo episode today and it's gonna be q a style which is gonna be fun because i posted something on instagram asking you guys what you wanted to know about me and this is probably gonna actually be a two-part episode because there was some personal questions about life and then there was also a bunch of business questions um so i think i'm gonna do a personal q a and then i'm going to do a business q a and <laughs> Actually, before I get started, I just want to say that I have been avoiding at all costs doing solo episodes. I don't know why. There was just some like, actually, I do know why. Okay. There was a lot of resistance to it being perfect. And I feel like, I mean, I'm super, not to toot my own horn, but I'm really good at speaking with other people and having incredible, dope conversations. And I think I'm a pretty good interviewer and interviewee, but I don't know when I'm doing it for myself. It's just, it definitely feels a little bit more forced. So long story short, I said, fuck that. And I'm just, I just kind of took the pressure off of it to be perfect. And I'm just going to let it be me. And it doesn't have to be scripted. It doesn't have to be super long. It doesn't have to be, you know, all of these like expectations that we put on ourselves. It can just be you. And that's beautiful. And you know, I talk a lot about like irresistible energy and something that has come through for me very, very, very much recently has been the fact that like the most irresistible woman is a woman who's like fully expressed in herself, who's fully herself. And, you know, I just kind of realized that I, when I was doing solo podcast episodes, I was not doing that. And so I said, fuck that. <laughs> And we're here. So that's kind of the background as to like why I'm doing the solo episode. And there's definitely going to be more of them to come in the near future. Um, but anyway, so this episode is going to be the life question. So I kind of organized them all up. Hold on, let me pull up my phone here. Um, yeah, I kind of organized all of them. So that way I can do a separate episode on business. And then this one will be all about my life. And I feel like, you know, I share a whole bunch about like, I'm, I'm super transparent. Like I don't, I don't really like to hide anything. <laughs> um, so some of this stuff you guys might know about me, but other stuff, like you guys came up with some really good questions actually. Yeah. Like things I was not expecting to answer and probably things I have not addressed before in the past. So this is going to be very insightful, I guess, on just like, why I am the way I am and how I got to where I am and, you know, family and upbringing and my signs and, um, you know, hobbies and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun. And I've never done an episode like this before. So I'm excited to do this. And I also just love like answering your questions and genuinely knowing like what you guys are interested in. Like, please, like every time I do these question boxes, like they are for you, whether you have a question directly related to business or if you're just curious about my life, like I'm fucking here for it. So just ask me, ask me your questions. I will always answer fully, honestly. And if there is something that I have yet to integrate or yet to process myself, then I'll just let you know. And then once I have, I'll tell you because I'm not here to have like, I'm not here to have any walls up. Like, you know, me, like, I think vulnerability is such a fucking superpower. It's absolutely magical. Um, we need more authenticity and, and vulnerability in this world. 
So I'm going to share all of that with you because that's what I would appreciate in return from someone that I looked up to, you know, you know, you know. Okay, cool. So let's get into these questions. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay. So the first, the first question I got was what's your sun, moon and rising. Um, so my son is Aquarius. I was born February 15th. Um, and I'm very, very much an Aquarius, <laughs> very independent, um, which wasn't always the case. I was actually very codependent in relationships. Like that was my attachment style. Um, but now that I've really like stepped into my sovereignty and know like how I actually thrive, I very much resonate with being an Aquarius. My moon is an Aries and my rising is Scorpio, which everyone tells me makes sense. Like I, I'm very, I have like such a wide range of emotions on like a daily and I express them <laughs> sometimes not in the best of ways, but, um, I express them. I have a lot of emotions and I also feel like Scorpios are like natural born leaders. Like they, they speak their mind, they speak their truth. And I absolutely am that. I'm also like very, very protective, particularly over like my close, like friends and family. Like if someone messes with my sister or if a boyfriend of my mom is treating her badly, like I fucking say something. And I definitely know that's the Scorpio in me (laughs) because I'm fierce about it. I'm feisty. I'm not like, I won't hold back if someone's being an asshole to my family or someone's being, you know, rude to one of my friends. Like I will be the first person to stick up for them. However, on the other side of that, if somebody is like kind of bullying me, I get, I kind of get small and like, I'm like, eh, I don't like confrontation when it comes to me. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know if that has anything to do with my signs, but I have noticed that about myself. Like I've the, the amount of times that I've been a bitch rightfully so to some of my mom's boyfriends and some of my sister's boyfriends and people who are being mean to my dad and whatever like uh yeah I'm like I will take full responsibility in making sure my family's not being um messed with (laughs) unless it's by me (laughs) just kidding not really um okay my next question Would you be open? Oh, this is a good one. You guys, this is probably going to take a fucking minute. So, okay. Would you be open to talking about calling off your wedding? Yes. I would absolutely be open to that. So for those of you who don't know, um, all right, let's, let's just go back to the beginning. So when I was 19 years old, um, I started dating this guy at the time. I mean, he still is 10 years older than me. He was 29 and, Um, we honestly just were together right away. Like the first night, not the first night I met him, but the first night that, um, we decided to like hang out, I slept over at his house and, um, we were just together ever since I pretty much immediately moved in with him and it was a beautiful relationship for the most part. Like I still have so much love for him. Like he's such an amazing person. I, he really loved to like, just treat me. Like I really was his queen. He, he, you know, would always buy me things. He was very thoughtful. Um, and that was like the light side of the relationship. Um, the dark side was one, I was very young and I didn't know myself. Um, and on his end, you know, he beautiful, beautiful human being, like one of the biggest hearts ever. However, he also struggled with, um, very, like very, very manic bipolar disorder. And at the time being so young, like it was, it was a lot to take on. So basically we, we dated for two and a half years after two and a half years, he proposed, but he didn't actually propose. This is something I'll totally like always hold against his head because he didn't fucking propose. He didn't get down on one knee. Like he didn't do like we were on a trip to Palm Springs, which was nice, which actually was the only vacation that we ever took while being together in four and a half years. <sighs> so crazy. Um, but anyway, so he didn't actually propose to me. We were on a vacation in Palm desert. We were on our way to dinner and he just like was holding my hand and slipped the ring on my finger and then didn't say anything. And I was just like, 
what <laughs> are you proposing? And, and then I just said yes, because I was naive and didn't know my worth. And, you know, I thought that getting married was what I wanted. I thought that getting married to him was what I wanted. Um, and at the time it was, it genuinely was like, I loved him. I had never, I had never been in a relationship that long at that point. Like I've been in relationships before as like, like in high school and stuff, but I've never been like, yeah, I could totally see myself spending my life with this person. Um, so at the time I did want that. Um, and you know, it's funny too, is once I came back and I went back to work and showed everyone that I was engaged, actually one of my, like, I now consider her my sister. She's, um, just such a huge advocate for me in my life and like su supports me through anything. Brittany, if you're listening to this, I love you and thank you. Anyways, Brittany told me that when I came back from being engaged, when I came back to work after getting engaged, she was like, are you sure that's what you want? Like you, you don't really know yourself until you're 25. And I was like, I was really offended, you know, like that's not what you say to someone when you first get engaged. But now looking back, I totally fucking get it because it's true. Like I did not know myself fully. And I, I don't think we, you know, we're always on that journey to finding ourselves, but we don't know what we actually want in life um, until like we've done that, that work. And for me, the age of 25 was that work. So anyway, she ended up being totally right. So we were engaged for about like a year and a half, um, almost, yeah, about two years we were engaged. And during that time, like I went full force in planning the wedding. Like I had everything I had, I still have my dress actually had my dress. I had the venue booked. I had the photographer booked. I had my bridesmaids. Um, he had his tux. Yeah. The tuxes and the tuxes of the, whatever they're called, um, groomsmen. And yeah, so everything was pretty much planned. I don't think we had a caterer yet, but that's besides the point. Um, and I was ready. <laughs> so I thought, and then in the last year of our relationship, and this is, I don't know if I want to share this actually, Ugh, fuck it. I'm going to share. So in the last year of our relationship, we actually ended up only being intimate with each other, um, three times in an entire year. And that was like really scary, obviously, because I'm about to be married to this person and we are not having sex. And that's an issue. That's a problem. Like, and for so long in my relationship too, like, I remember having conversations with my sister and just being like, oh, like you don't need to have sex in a relationship as long as you love that person. Like, that's all that matters. And I honestly just call bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> I mean, like maybe it works for some people, but for me, it doesn't. And I think that having not only, not only having sex, but having beautiful sex is so important in a relationship. Um, especially now that I do the work that I do. Right. But even back then I was like, even trying to convince my sister that, Oh, it's okay that we don't have sex. Like, it's fine. Like we, you know, we love each other so much. Like I can just masturbate, like whatever. Um, and then, then what happened? Oh, also he, you know, he also had a binge drinking problem. So like he would go spurts on like not drinking for months. And then he would be like binging to the point of like, he was totally unconscious. I couldn't wake him up. Like there's multiple times that I would like have to call his mom to help me. We were like, Oh my God, do we need to take him to the hospital? Does he have alcohol poisoning? Like it was just a mess. And like, nobody believed me. Like I would talk to my family about this all the fucking time. And I would vent and seek help. And like, nobody believed me. They were all just like, he doesn't drink all the time. He just drinks sometimes and he gets drunk and sometimes people black out. And I was like, yeah, like I get that. And so I just try to convince myself that it was totally normal, but it wasn't normal. And, you know, like I, I had to basically just go inward. And I think this was like, oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I think this was probably one of the biggest times that I had, I had listened to my intuition because nobody, nobody can tell you what to do in a relationship. Only you can. And this was the first time that I really had to listen to myself. So anyways, he, uh, I feel like this should be an entire podcast episode in itself. Maybe I'll make it one. Maybe I'll just like talk about relationships in another podcast. Um, but yeah, so basically 
I knew that there was something wrong. Um, also with like the manic and being bipolar, it was like, he would be up for three days straight and then sleeping for three days straight. Um, wouldn't go to work, wouldn't even call into work. Um, and that was really scary, especially because I was so young and I'm, I was very responsible. I would, you know, with, with working and everything. Um, and so if somebody just like, didn't show up to work, like, you know, I, I actually even had to like get his coworkers phone number and check in to see if he like would show up to work sometimes. Cause I would leave before him. And, you know, it was just, it, it caused so much stress in my life. And I was so young. I was 21, 22. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that to myself. So really the, the biggest drawing point was I went on vacation to Florida with just my family. He did not come with me. And during that time, I, I felt so free. Like, it was like, oh my God, I can finally breathe. And I just, I didn't miss him. And that was like super scary. I even like came home and I went and got lunch with my mom and I just like broke down. I was like, mom, like, I don't think I can marry him. I don't think I can marry this guy. Like, I don't think he's the one anymore. I didn't miss him when I went to Florida. My sister and I were hanging out with this group of incredible guys. We stayed up to like three in the morning, just having incredible conversations. I had the best time of my, my fucking life without him. And it was just kind of like that aha moment of like, oh, he's not the one. And when I, okay. I also want to say when, when I say he's not the one, he was the one at that time in my life. I needed him in that period of my life. I don't think that we're destined to have just one soulmate. I think we have all like so many different soulmates in different periods of our our lives to guide us to our, our greatest potential. And he was such, such a huge part of that evolution for me. So when I came back, that was October. I don't remember the year, but that was October. And when I came back, I told my mom and then she was basically like, this is a big decision. Like, don't be irrational, take your time. And just like, you don't have to decide anything today, basically. And I was like, okay, cool. So three months go by and, you know, another big issue in our relationship was, when he was sleeping for three days straight or when he was on one of his binges, um, he wouldn't show up to like big family events and the last, and, and so I always played it out in my head. I was like, if we have kids together and he misses my kids, our kids first soccer game where they're, they like scored a goal or something, I would never be able to forgive him. And I would never like, I wouldn't be able to have children with him because I'm basically acting as his mother right now. And he would always use the say like, oh, you know, like once I have kids, things would be different, but that's just not, not the case. You know, like if anything, I think having kids amplifies the need to like drink and, and do pills and and that sort of thing. And in my opinion, I might be totally wrong, but I think that is the case. Hold on. Let me get some tea. Oh my God. I fucking spilled my tea. Of course. Um, oh my fucking earpods. <laughs> okay. So that was October. My mom told me to like sit with it. I don't need to make a decision right away. And then the holidays came around and I, I was working mainly at, um, my corporate job, but I was also working part-time at this bar. And when it was new year's, excuse me, um, when it was new year's, I had to work because it was obviously at a bar. And he basically was like, I'm going to meet you there so we could celebrate and bring in the new year together. And I was like, awesome. But it was also during one of his down phases where he was like sleeping for multiple days. And, and long story short, he didn't show up to the, to my bar, um, on new year's. And I had to bring in the new year's alone, which really fucking sucked. And that was kind of my, it's your, it's, you have the opportunity now to end it. Like, you know, full body, you are not meant to be with him anymore. So this is your opportunity to end it. So I ended up staying out all night long. I did not come home until about seven in the morning. And when I did come home and by the way, he had not checked on me. He did not call me anything. (laughs) And then finally, when I got home at seven, he was just like, Oh, like, where have you been? And I'm like, we need to talk. And so I, I handed him back the ring. And I pretty much moved out that day and it actually was not as hard as I, you might think because the only, I think like the biggest reason why I held on so long for those three months where I was like, Oh, I don't think I'm supposed to be with him, um, from October to January 
January 1st was I was so worried about what were, what people were going to think of me for calling off the wedding. And that was, and I think that's why a lot of people stay in relationships because they are so worried about what people are going to think without realizing that they're not happy in their lives. And like, I can't stress this enough. If you are in a relationship and you're in it because you're afraid of what people are going to think if you break up or if you call off the wedding or if you get a divorce or whatever, like you are doing the entire world a disservice. Nobody actually cares, right? Your, your mom, your dad, your parents, your, your siblings, your friends, they might like be sad for a little bit. I know like my family was super attached to him. Um, so it was like, it was kind of a shock, but like genuinely everyone just wants what's best for you and they are going to get over it. Like (laughs) they're going to get over it and you're, you need to do what's best for you and you need to do what's best for that person. And if not being with them is what's best for both of you, even though it's painful, even though people are going to judge, even though, you know, you might feel embarrassed, it's what's best for everyone. So you need to fucking do it. Um, and that's, that was pretty much it. I called off the wedding and moved in with my dad for a little bit. And then I moved in with my friends and, um, that was that. So it was actually not painful because I I gave myself the space to have like that full body knowing, um, even though I knew, right. I knew back in October, but I just, I didn't give my, I didn't rush it. I was just kind of like, I'll know fully when I need to break up and end this when, when I know fully, you know? So that's another thing too. It's like, you don't need to rush it. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have time, but that's, that's for another episode. So I will end it there. (laughs) Long winded answer, but I haven't really talked about that much before. So great question. (sighs) Okay. Moving on. How did you get into rock climbing? I got into rock climbing through my man, Tony. He, when we first started dating, he, he was already rock climbing. He had actually lived a summer in Yosemite, Yosemite Valley in California, which is like the Mecca of rock climbing. And he got into like rock climbing and highlining and slacklining and a whole bunch of other stuff there. And when he came back, we met and he took me rock climbing for the first time. And I fell in love with it and got totally addicted. Um, And I love it. Like rock climbing is definitely one of my biggest love affairs and I've gotten so fucking good not to toot my own horn or anything, but I got really good. And if you have been rock climbing before you might understand the grades, but basically like there's, um, so like five, five, six, 5.6, 5.7, 5.8. Those are all like pretty easy, pretty beginners. Um, 5.92. And then when you get to like five tens, then it goes like five ten A, five ten B, five ten C, five ten D, and then five eleven A, five eleven B, C, D, and then it goes to twelve. And like I, I don't know like what the max is at, but basically within a matter of um, like two and a half years of climbing, not super consistently because obviously COVID happened and the gym shut down. But I climbed my first eleven twelve. I'm sorry. 512 B, which is like really hard. And I'm still like super high off of that. So celebrating me and I'm excited to keep, keep climbing, keep getting better, start doing more lead, some more outdoor climbing, like all that shit. Um, okay. Next question. What were you like as a kid? Huh? What was I like as a kid? Um, well, my nickname is that my mom calls me a sassy. So I'm going to go with sassy. <laughs> I was very sassy um, as a kid. And this is like elementary school. And then I think once I reached about fifth grade was when I started getting like insecure. Um, yeah, it was fifth grade because fifth grade was the time that I felt the need to shave my legs without my dad or mom's consent or anything. Um, and I got in such big trouble because my sister ended up telling on me. <laughs> um yeah, my dad was pissed because I lot. And if you don't know this too, actually, well, I, I'll get to this in a little bit, but yeah, so I was sassy. I was definitely outgoing. I did gymnastics. I played basketball. Um, I was always like pretty good at everything I did. I was not like, I was, I was not very great in school. Um, especially when I got to high school, like I was so shitty in high school. Anyways, there, I think there's a question 
is there a question about my high school? Yeah. Uh, what was your high school experience? Yeah. So I'll get into that. But yeah, as a, as a kid, like I was pretty feisty and outgoing and I definitely think I was a natural born leader. Um, yeah. And I was pretty good, pretty decent at most things that I did, which was awesome. I was also a younger sister. So I was a fucking brat and I'm not afraid to admit that. I know I was a brat. I still like see that brattiness come up in me with like my current relationship with my sister. Like, yeah. Um, and with my parents too. So I was a little bit of a brat, but I was also very kind. I couldn't pronounce my R's for a really long time. So I was Sewa and my sister was Lowi, which I think is pretty cute. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was a pretty calm baby. And that's what my mom and dad told me. They told me I was pretty calm. My sister was like the devil. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Next question. What do you love? Oh, this is a good one too. What do you love most about yourself? What are you the most insecure about? What are you most insecure about? Okay. Um, so I would say, what do I love most about myself? I don't know. I mean, there's, I I've honestly been on such a self-love journey. Like I always say entrepreneurship is the fast track to like doing a self-love journey, which it has been totally, but what's coming through for me right now is my, my authenticity and leadership. Like I, I really do feel like I'm fully embodied in who I am. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable and be transparent and be honest and just be fucking real. Cause uh, there's just not enough, enough of that, especially in the world of social media. So I say my authenticity and then also like my leadership, um, I, I have like this incredible balance of having boundaries with people while also like making them feel so incredibly safe and held. And I remember I took this quiz at my, um, at my corporate job, it was like a strengths finder quiz. And one of my quit, one of my strengths was being inclusive and I honestly love that about myself. It used to work against me. Now I love it. And when I say it used to work against me was like, you know, I, I would have friendships as I was younger that I actually didn't want and I was kind of forced into. And so that's probably where that came from. But now I'm like, I want everyone to feel loved. I want everyone to feel included. I want to guide them. I want to lead them. I want them to know that what's possible for me is fucking possible for them. So yeah, my leadership, my inclusivity, and what was the other thing? My authenticity. Boom. And then what am I most insecure about? Oof, you guys. So I haven't actually talked about this. I feel like this should be another episode in itself. But for the past two years, maybe, yeah, about two years. Actually, it's been almost three years. I have been really, really struggling with my acne and I've tried so much stuff. So I've done fucking everything and it's just like not working. And the only thing that I haven't tried, which I'm actually terrified of try trying is getting off the epilepsy medication that I'm on because that's, that's another inside of my life. I have seizures. I have epilepsy. Um, and I've been on medication since I was in eighth grade for it. And I've changed medications before. And my acne basically started happening when I got onto this new um, medication. So I'm almost positive it has something to do with that. I don't know if it's hormonal. I don't fucking know where my acne es experts at. Tell me what the fuck I need to do. <laughs> but I'm really honestly insecure about it. I used to like not care about wearing makeup. And um, now I, I do like I wear makeup because it makes me feel better about myself. And I know like that's that's another thing that I'm working on and be to be fully transparent with you. It's fucking hard. Like sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm just like disgusted um, because of, of my acne and I'm I'm working on it. And there's some days where I'm just like on like an another level where I'm like, yeah, you look so fucking good. Like who cares if you have acne and acne scars? Like it doesn't fucking matter. Like you're beautiful. And then there's other days like today because I'm doing my period where I'm just like, 
Like you look fucking disgusting. So long story short, my biggest insecurity is my skin right now. And if you can relate, if you're going through something similar, I love you. I'm holding space for you. I get it. And I get how hard it is because it's such a vulnerable place to have an insecurity because it's literally directly on your face. Um, so I just, I feel anyone who else, anyone else who's going through that. Okay. Um, how did, how did you know? Oh, that's a business one. That's a business one. Let's save that. Um, what's your human design? I'm a manifesting generator, (laughs) manifesting generator, sacral authority lines three and five, I believe. Um, that's yeah, that's as much as I'm going to. (laughs) All right. Um, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Um, aside from quit my corporate job and start my own business. (sighs) Aside from that, I've done some crazy fucking shit honestly, like I'm, I'm really not afraid of a lot, you know, like obviously I go rock climbing. I've done like big walls. I've done multi-pitch. Um, I'm not super afraid of a lot of things. So I do a lot of things, but you know, one of the craziest things I've ever done was shave half my head. I don't know why that's coming to me, but I did shave half my head before that was pretty crazy. Um, also van lifing it. I feel like that was, no, that's not crazy. That's cool. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with quitting my corporate job, starting my business and shaving half my head. Cool. What was high school? What was your high school experience? Um, my high school experience wasn't great, honestly, like freshman year was probably the best year because I had like a friend group And then as the years went on, I just started to like distance myself from a lot of people. Um, Yeah. And I just started to like not give a shit about school because I was dating an older guy. I was like, I think we started dating when I was maybe like a junior or sophomore or something like that. Maybe like the sub, like the summer that I was going to be a junior or yeah. Out of sophomore year into junior year, I started dating an older guy. He was like 19 or 20 at the time. And then I just kind of was like, oh, I'm too cool for school. And I started like, you know, I, this actually started smoking cigarettes when I was in middle school, but started, I was smoking cigarettes. I would cut class. Um, I distanced myself from my friends because honestly, like, and I'm going to be fully transparent. I was like, oh, I'm better than these people because I'm dating an older guy, which is such fucking bullshit. Um, looking back because it cut so much out of my, um, just my experience in high school. I feel like I could have made it a better one, but I just didn't, I didn't get along with the popular people. I thought they were stupid. (laughs) And I distanced myself from like my friends because I also like, I didn't drink. I would pretend to drink. Um, and I also didn't do drugs. I only smoked cigarettes, which is like the worst, whatever. Um, (laughs) I didn't drink or do drugs. I would pretend to drink sometimes, because I wanted to like fit in and be cool, but I didn't do any of those things because of my seizures and my epilepsy. And I was like scared to do any of that rightfully so, but yeah, so I just started to distance myself and only hang out with my boyfriend. And then in senior year, it got really, really bad because we ended up breaking up. And like, that was like, you know, a high school heartbreak. I wouldn't say it was like the worst heartbreak ever. I've been through something much worse. Um, but you know, at the time it was bad. And then I ended up getting pneumonia my senior year of high school. So I had to skip a lot of classes. Um, and then I remember specifically my government, my government class, I had an F because he was not lenient with me having pneumonia and having to skip class. And I still had to get like this huge, um, assignment done, which I ended up like paying this guy. <laughs> I ended up paying this guy $20. Cause I, I was working. I had a job since I was 15. Um, I ended up paying this guy $20 to like write, um, my essay, not my essays, but little like paragraphs on my, the president that I was covering or whatever. And he did not a good job. Um, but I just didn't want to do it. So, and I'm sure the teacher probably knew. So he basically failed me. And then it was the end of, it was, and it was the end of the senior year. And I went to the the TA. Cause I had heard that she changed somebody's grade. And I was like, let me get in on that. 
So I, um, you know, I was, I was on the verge of not graduating high school because I had an F I had failed a class and, um, I went up to her and I was like, Hey, like I've been struggling a lot this year with health. Like, would you be able to like bump my grade up? And she totally hooked it up. I think she like took it to like a C or something, which made it so that I could graduate and walk. And that was pretty cool. But also like, yeah, I I thought it was pretty fucked up that he wasn't being lenient because I actually genuinely was sick and like had, I was so depressed. I had so much anxiety. I was having like back-to-back anxiety attacks. Like, Ugh, it was, it was an awful year, but, and ended up being fine. And I walked and I went to the graduation party and yeah, the graduation party was actually kind of fun because like nobody cared about what friend group you were in. Everyone just kind of like became friends and that was really beautiful. So that was my high school experience. What is another one? Um, how did you get into spirituality? I got into spirituality. I don't, I don't think there was like an exact thing. Um, you know, when I quit my job, I started to like do yoga and I feel like yoga is a lot of people's gateway to spiritual, to the spiritual spirituality community, spiritual community. Um, so I think that just like quitting my corporate job, like that was a huge piece of it. Um, And also the book, You Are a Badass, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I feel like that was another gateway into spirituality for me as well, which is an incredible book. Highly recommend. Um, What college did you go to? I did not. I did not go to college. I graduated high school, barely. And I went to a cop, like I went to a community college for two semesters, but I failed my math class both times. Um, And it wasn't because I wasn't smart. It was because, again, I I was too focused on partying and boys and, you know, doing college stuff, I guess. But it only lasted for like two semesters. I also had a fake ID at that time. So it was like I was going to bars and constant house parties and all of that. So I got that out of my system very quickly. And then I just kind of realized that um, that college wasn't for me. And boy, was I right. And don't let anyone tell you that you need a college degree to be fucking wildly successful because you don't. <laughs> not only when, not only am I speaking for myself because I'm in business for myself and, and making more money than I ever did, but also because I ended up like working in an environment where everyone had degrees except for like three people, me being one of them. So it's like we were all doing the same job, making the same amount about like... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not against getting your college, college degree. I think it's awesome, especially like for the experience as well. But I think that the way it's set up is totally fucked and does not set people up for success, especially with the new age and the new digital era that we're in. So that's kind of my outlook. (laughs) Um, So I didn't go to college. I just went to like two semesters of a community college dropped out and then got my, I didn't even drop out. I just like stopped going And then I started working at, um, I was working at a restaurant and then I ended up getting my first job. Yeah. Cause I was 19. I got 19, just turned 20. I got my job at my corporate job, which was Wells Fargo. I think that was another question actually. Was it? Um, I don't know. I can't, I don't, I don't see it. Oh yeah. What was your corporate job? Um, So I guess I'll answer that one next. Um, My corporate job was, um, I worked at Wells Fargo. I started off as a teller. So I was just a bank teller for, actually that only lasted for about three months. I then, so with my job, like I, I worked my way up the ladder faster than most people do when they're at Wells Fargo. I think it's because one, like, I'm a manifesting generator, (laughs) but two, I also just fucking understood the politics of a corporate job. And, you know, I was also just like being myself and like, I I showed up and I worked hard. Um, And to me working hard, like for other people, it's a lot, but me working kind of like minimally, not minimally, but like medium is a lot for other people, if that makes sense. 
So I was just showing up and doing a good job because my dad always told me to, you know, put, put my all into everything that I do. And you always do a good job and all that. So I did. And I ended up working my way up, um, with, with, I think like five promotions within five years, which is really cool. So I went from being a teller to a, what it CSSR customer service and sales representative, which was like in between a teller and a banker. And then I became a personal banker. And then I got into business, which I, at first I was a um, business specialist and I did that for a year. And then I got, um, a promotion to go into, so that was all retail. And then I got a promotion to go into corporate, which was like the big girl job in San Francisco working at, you know, in a skyscraper was so fucking cool. Um, and I, it was, I was a business, what was I BBAS business banking advisory specialist. I started off as a business banking advisory specialist, and then I got another promotion and I became a business relationship specialist, which is basically like a relationship manager for small business owners. I managed about 300 accounts. Um, and I was, I was the youngest person on the floor, which was really cool to always kind of like have that, that title of like the youngest person on the floor. And I was a leader on, on the floor. So I was in charge of a will, which was accelerating women in leadership. I was on the board of diversity and inclusion. I was always the one to pick to do like um, speaking events, which hilarious, another story because I fucking sucked at public speaking. Um, but yeah, so that was my corporate job and very grateful for all the experience. That's why I'm such a great business coach, honestly, because I know so much about business because of them. It was like free college. <laughs> um, so yeah. I worked for Wells Fargo as a financial institution. Okay. What's the other question? What was the hardest time in your life? What was the best time in your life? Okay. So the hardest time in my life was going through, um, my breakup, not with my ex fiance, but after I ended things with my ex fiance, I ended up getting into a relationship way too quickly with, Honestly, I, I like. I think I was attracted to him because he was like the total opposite of my um, my fiance at the time, or my ex fiance. And so I started dating him, and like we were only together for probably like eight months, and we moved very fast. He bought a house, and I ended up like moving in with him, and I like he really made it be like our home. So he bought the house and then I put everything into the house. Like I dumped my entire savings account into that house. I bought the refrigerator. I bought all the decorations. I bought the couch, you know, the furnitures. I bought the washer and dryer. Like I fucking dumped everything into that house. And oh my God, I haven't even thought about this. This is so crazy. And I was actually paying two rents for him because at the time I was living with my girlfriend and her and I had an apartment together and I didn't want to just like leave her hanging, you know, cause that's fucked up to just like leave someone with double the rent and whatever. And I couldn't find anyone to cover my lease. So, and I only had like three months left on it. So I was paying her $900 a month to have my apartment there and then I was paying him $1,100 or $1,300 a month to live with him. Why? Why would I ever fucking do that to myself? But like, you know, it's, I think it was like this ego thing where I was like, oh, I'm 24 years old, 23 years old. Yeah, I think it was 23. I'm 23 and I'm a homeowner, which I fucking wasn't because I'm two months. Yeah. Two months into living with him in the house, I ended up getting kicked out of the house because he broke up with me because his parents made him break up with me. He was such a little bitch, honestly, like worst relationship. <laughs> um, but yeah, his parents made him break up with me. Um, and I, that was the worst time in my life. I went through, that was like the truest heartbreak. And it honestly wasn't because of losing him. It was losing the idea and the future that we were planning together. Cause we were talking about kids. We just bought a house together, like all the, all of this stuff. And looking back, like I kind of laugh because I'm like, ill. like, why was I so hung up on this guy? But I wasn't hung up on him. I was hung up on the idea of our future and not having control over that. Like literally getting that just taken away from me. Like within a matter of two months after dumping my entire savings account, which I did get most of the money back. But anyways, um, 
yeah, it, it was just like, I lost complete control. And also during that process, because he told me he wanted to like have kids and stuff, I had to get off of my old seizure medication and which I wasn't allowed to have kids on and get onto a new one. And obviously I was getting off of birth control. So I was also in the process of starting to have seizures again, after years of not having seizures, um, I had to move back in with my family because with my, my stepdad, which is also kind of like not a great environment. I was drinking a lot. I was sleeping with a guy who I should not have been sleeping with. So like every time I would try to fall asleep, I just got this like pressure on my chest and would jolt awake. Um, I was having seizures, anxiety attacks. I, my heart was literally broken, um, which if you've ever been through that type of breakup, you get it. Like, you know how fucking painful, like physically painful it is. Um, and then obviously just like getting validated from a man that I should not have, have ever been validated by because no one, no one can validate you except yourself. But I didn't know that at the time. So yeah, that was definitely the hardest and darkest time of my life. And it was exactly what I needed to catapult me into like my own spiritual awakening. I guess that was kind of like my dark night of the soul. And then I kind of, um, found my independence. I started working out. I started eating healthy. And then I ended up meeting my current partner probably like eight months after not eight months after the breakup, but like in between, like him and I were like trying to kind of work things out, but it was just kind of like, ew, no, I'm not even attracted to you anymore. So then I met Tony and we've been together for three, almost three years. Next month will be three years. So crazy. And what was the best time in your life? The best time of my life is my present moment. I, I fucking love my life now, you guys. Like, it's so crazy to think about like where I've been and like just this whole journey of entrepreneurship. And I'm going to save that for the next episode because that'll be all about like business and stuff. But the best time of my life is now. Like, I, I, I really genuinely fucking love and I'm so grateful for this life. Truly. It's really magical. Um, okay. And now, okay. We got two, two more questions. Um, and I'm going to keep one of them kind of short. It's what's your love language. Honestly, like I, I probably have taken the quiz before. Actually, I know I have, but I don't remember what my actual top ones were. And I probably won't take it again because I don't think that I should like categorize how I want to receive love. I want to receive all of the love language, all of the love languages, because I think we all are, we all do actually desire all of them. So like acts of service, um, physical touch, what's the other ones, quality time. I don't remember all, all of them, but I want them all. And I'm not going to say like, Oh, these are my top ones. Like my partner should be able to provide all of them. And I should be able to provide all of them to him. That's my opinion on it. And then the last one, how did you quit smoking cigarettes? Um, I quit smoking cigarettes um, first by, okay, my first time quitting cigarettes, it was actually by force because the guy that I was telling you about who I dated, who was like my biggest heartbreak, um, the guy I was dating between my ex-fiance and my current relationship, he was like, I won't date you unless you quit smoking cigarettes, which you should never like that's awesome that he wanted me to quit smoking cigarettes. Cause obviously he cared about my health, but like the fact that I was doing it for him was just not setting me up for success. And it just ended up making me, you know, like go back to smoking. So the first time I quit was out of force. And that was only again for about like six months. And then I think like the, so now I haven't smoked cigarettes in about, um, two and a half years, a little bit longer than two and a half years but I basically quit by weaning myself off of them. So before like my, my standard was about 10 cigarettes a day. And then I would, I told myself like each week I'm going to eliminate one. So I started like, okay, I'm not going to have my morning cigarette anymore. Um, so I eliminated that one. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to have my nighttime cigarette anymore. And eliminated that one. And I would do that for like a week. And then, um, 
I just kept eliminating one. I was like, okay, I'm not going to have the one on my lunch break, or I'm not going to have one on my first break. I'm not going to have one on my second break. So uh, yeah, long story short, I was weaning myself off of them to the point that I was only smoking when I was in social situations. And, and then finally I was like, I don't need to smoke in social, social situations anymore. I don't feel the need to anymore. And now I'm actually like repulsed by even the scent of cigarettes. I'm like, how did I ever do that? (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm also like, I'm a very, very dedicated person. So like, if I have a goal, like I really do commit myself to it fully. And because that, because I, I was quitting smoking for myself that time around, and I was dedicated to like weaning myself off and like holding myself to that, that new goal. I was able to, um, to do it. And very, very, like, that was probably one of the, one of my proudest moments, honestly, because I mean, smoking cigarettes, if you are a smoker, like you obviously know how fucking hard and addicting it is. And I mean, everyone knows that, right? Like smoking cigarettes is probably one of the hardest things to ever quit. And like my mom's a smoker, my dad was a smoker, but now he only smokes on Friday nights, which is like a weird thing, but like, that's his thing. That's his vice. And like, no judgment, he's going to do it and whatever. (laughs) It's actually kind of cute. Um, but yeah, so I just obviously came from a family of smokers. I started when I was 13 years old. Um, I was pretty much fully addicted by the time I was 15 years old and, um, yeah, to be able to quit by what was I 25, I think 25. Yeah. That sounds about right. It was definitely one of my proudest moments. So amazing. Well, thank you guys for, um, asking these beautiful questions. If there's anything else you want me to cover, like I said, I'm going to be doing a business one. And like, I actually kind of like talking about my personal life. This was fun. So maybe I'll host one of these like once a year or something, but you can definitely expect more solo episodes. Some of them will be Q and a style. Other ones will be educational style. Other ones will just be like life updates, like, and, and tell me what you prefer as well. I want to know what you prefer. So that way I can cater to you guys, because as much as like these podcasts are kind of therapy for me, um, it really is about you. So let me serve you to the capacity that you want to be served to. And I will make that fucking happen. Cause I love you guys. Thank you for following me on this journey. Let me know if you resonated with anything that I said um, during this episode, or if you could relate to anything, or if you just feel a little bit more connected to me and like I'm an actual human, not just someone who, you know, is quote unquote perfect on, on Instagram. So hope you enjoy this episode. I'm excited for the next one, talking all things business, sending you love and I'll chat soon. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Pleasurable Success Podcast. If you vibed with me and this episode, please be sure to share it with someone who you know will benefit from it and take a little screenshot, post it on IG and be sure to tag me at Sarah Rose underscore D. That way I can say what's up and slide in your DMs. And of course, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified on when the next episode drops and that you're not missing out. Get out there, illuminate this world with your magic and remember how worthy you are of having it all.